following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, December 31st, 2020, Season 16, Episode number 90. We're finished the season on the Tank Lawrence episode. And uh, welcome to the Cowboys break. We are presented by Geico. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk some, uh, get some catch up. We're going to catch up a little bit on some injury updates, particularly in the secondary, the safety position. Uh, we'll have Bucky Brooks joining us here in a second. He's going to talk to us about the New York Giant defense versus the Cowboys offense. We'll talk a little bit more about that matchup later in the show. And at some point in the show, we're going to talk a little bit about New Year's resolutions, and uh, each of these guys are going to give us some New Year's resolutions that they would make if they were players or executives or just the Cowboys team or coaches. Uh, what kind of resolutions would they be making about this Dallas Cowboys team going into 2021? We'll get to that in the final segment. Let's start first. Dave, give me an update here on the injuries. I looked at the injury report yesterday and couldn't help but notice the number of safeties that are on that injury report. Doesn't look great, but tell me what's going on with the safeties. Yeah, that run of good health in the secondary lasted about two weeks. <laughs> uh, not only, yeah, I mean, Darian Thompson was concussed against Philly, so he didn't participate. That's, you know, that's obviously a unique case-by-case -case thing. Um, Donovan Wilson has an illness. You typically think that's probably not something that's going to cause you to miss a game. Xavier Woods limited with a rib injury, but Mike McCarthy said this morning that he was flying around out there, so that seems like a good sign. And then uh, he's he's not a safety, but Cheeto popped up with a hamstring groin situation that had him limited. So it's a lot of oh, and Rashard Robinson is also still dealing with a knee. So that's a lot of a lot of a lot of DBs that might not be available Sunday. Nick, what are, what are their options here? Let's assume <laughs> let's let's go down the, the the list and just say okay, if they had one of these safeties, what are their options with if they only have one? What are their options if they have none? What are their options if they have two? Like what are, what are their options based upon the number of guys that are out versus in on, at safety? Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think honestly. I should know the team better, but I think I mean, Stephen Parker is back they, now. Well, the, he is he, back. He's, yes, he's back. Yeah, the, the, he could he can be on the team. I mean, they they have opened up the window. He can right. be back. Um, Reggie Robinson is a safety. He said that. Maybe. You have to. I mean, he's been doing it all year long. So yeah. I mean, he, he's got to. He's got to play. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's if there's somebody else. I can't. I can't think of anybody else that's on the. I mean, there might be some practice squad guys, but you know, you might have to move some corners around. Yeah. Maybe Cheeto. Uh, he, he, okay. Well, let me. It. Oh, Jordan Lewis played safety last week, so he might he might be yeah, a guy that has to play safety too. for you. A hard hitting George. I mean, Lewis. you, I, I get the, I get the point in terms of like needing bodies, like yeah, and you're gonna want extra guys, but like I think Donovan and and Xavier are gonna play in this game. I feel, I feel okay saying that. Okay, Amber, let me ask you this: How susceptible do you think the Cowboys are if they don't have uh, these guys in the game? This is a game with with New York where. They're, they're not really known. Uh, they haven't really been a, the kind of team that offensively has been killing teams. But they do have some players, particularly some of their wide receivers, that can get open. Uh, how much do you think this hurts the Cowboys? 
I think it can definitely hurt them because one of the things that I've liked that the Cowboys have been able to do with their defense is some of the ways that they've utilized some of their secondary guys as far as creating pressure up front rather than being all the way back there. So I like when they do that. And, of course, in a game that you're already limited with guys, you can't really do that because you need them to be back there covering that area of the field. So I think that's an area that it might hurt them. But we'll see. And I, I was laughing inside me because as <laughs> Nick and Dave were over here trying to name guys, I'm like going back to the beginning of the season when we were already talking about safety and then the Cowboys talking about, okay, well, we have some guys that can change positions, you know, and move around and flexible in that area. And then you mentioned Cheeto already kind of struggling with something there. And then I thought of Trevon Diggs. I'm like, okay, you're definitely not going to move him to safety. But he's another guy that was mentioned in the past. So it, it's going to be an interesting game to see what exactly happens and what happens if they actually make it into the playoffs. One of the biggest concerns is injuries all over the roster. So it, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But hopefully these guys, some of these guys can play a little banged up and, and still make it happen. There was some good news on the injury front, Dave. What are we knowing about Ezekiel Elliott and his injury? He ain't even on the report. That's what I'm talking they about. They didn't even list him. That's how healthy Zeke is. So <laughs> I guess that week off really did some wonders. Um, so, Bounce. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, not even, he's not even listed. He's good to go. He's going to play. It's great. Yep. And is there any? Are there any other injuries? I guess at this point, it sounds like it, that from the rest of the, the the injury report, it looked like it's it's pretty clean from there. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, you know, as clean as it could be at this point in the year. I mean, not if, you know, obviously you don't look at the injury reserve. That's not yeah. very clean. But but yeah, for the guys that could play and be out there, I mean, it's about as good as you could hope for. Yep. All right. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a very very early break. But I want to take the break so that we can get to Bucky Brooks. Uh, who will be in the second segment. He'll be joining us as soon as we come back. We're going to talk about this New York Giant defense, which I think is the better part of this team against the Cowboys offense. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. 
Why? It's just electricity lights up the room fast, it's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Oh. Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Don't miss new episodes of Season 15 of Making the Team, the Dallas Cowboys Cheerleaders. It's every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Central on CMT. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break presented by GEICO. Welcome. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're welcoming to the show Bucky Brooks of NFL Network. This segment is presented by Texaco with Techron. Bucky, let's start first with the greatest strength and the greatest weakness of this New York Giant defense, which, by the way, I think is the better part of this team. Yeah, look, they're a very, very solid unit. The strength of the team is in the front line. Uh, Their defensive line is one of the best in the business, but they do it in a different fashion. They're big-bodied, big bullies at the point of attack, and they just kind of win with their sheer strength and power. Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, uh, those guys really do a great job of controlling the line of scrimmage. And when they're playing well, uh, those guys are really clogging up holes and being able to create pressure in a, in a different way because this isn't a team that likes to bring a lot of pressure. Uh, I would say the weakest part of this unit will probably be on the second level. Their linebackers are just okay with Blake Martinez kind of being the, the tackling machine in that unit, but they don't necessarily strike you as having a star-studded collection of linebackers. Uh, in the secondary, they're very solid. They do a lot of things through schematics rather than talent. But this is a very, very complex defense to have to deal with because Patrick Graham throws a lot at the offensive coordinator to have to anticipate and kind of have answers for. Bucky, the thing that's currently on my mind right now is weather. The past two weeks, the Cowboys have been comfortable at home, playing at home, and it just now started getting cold here in Dallas and rainy. And my sources over here on the show who have been at the (laughs) facility this week have said that the Cowboys haven't actually uh, practiced outside this week so far. So you, as someone who has played the game and all that, what are you concerned at all as to, I, I know that some people don't necessarily see weather as a big deal, but this change here with the Cowboys not practicing in that kind of environment for several weeks, I mean, is that going to be a problem for them? It only depends on if it's, if it's wet and if it's messy. If it happens to snow, if it rains the day of the game, that can change it. But I would like to think that from a preparation standpoint that maybe Mike McCarthy has had those guys work with wet footballs to get used to handling the ball and because that's where it really becomes an issue. Can you handle the ball when it's wet? Whether you're wearing gloves, do you have sleeves on, how do you tuck it away? Those are the things that you want to know. And so when I think about this game, as it gets wet and as it gets cold, you typically want to lean into the running game a little more. And so just given Zeke's issues fumbling, you just want to make sure that he is comfortable going into the game because he has to know that the Giants are going to attack the ball. And does he have the right equipment? Does he have the right mindset in terms of protecting the ball where he still can be an aggressive runner? But that makes me change my, my question a little bit. I'm going to piggyback on that, Bucky. Do you... What's your experience on that? Do you feel like it's more important to practice the way you might have to play in conditions like that or more important to get a good, clean, crisp indoors practice, get your hour and a half, whatever, and do it right as opposed to dealing with wind and all that stuff, even though that might be what you have to play with? 
it depends on the maturity of the team. Uh, if I have a team that is mature enough to handle it, like I have some veterans and guys who have played in a number of games, then I think it's unnecessary. Having been in Mike McCarthy, having been in Green Bay a little bit before Mike McCarthy was there, like in Green Bay, we never really practice outside. We practice inside because we wanted the quality of the work to be the main focus, not necessarily, A, let's tough it out in the conditions. And so I think he still subscribes to that theory. He wants to make sure that the practice is high quality, the reps are um, done the right way, and then he can deal with the weather on game day. Hopefully these guys are pros. They kind of understand how to deal with it. I think he's probably put a, a greater emphasis on making sure the execution is right as opposed to trying to tough it out and show everybody how tough it is to go outside and play in inclement conditions. Okay, let's just let's put the weather aside. Let's assume that it's not going to be insane. Uh, and just from a football standpoint, my last memory of the Giants' defense is Michael Gallup toasting them on back-to-back plays to set up that game-winning field goal. You said their linebackers are only okay, and I agree with you, but I think we talked about this as well. Like Their secondary is not anything that gets me – Super excited. Are they better than they were? Is that a place where Andy Dalton can take advantage like he did last week? Uh, I mean, I think he has to pick and choose the spots. I wouldn't say that they're like a a high-end secondary, but what they do is they play really great team defense, and when they're on their game, they're locked in. They don't give up easy plays. They make you drive the length of the field. And actually, I think this is a game where if Andy Dalton does what he's done recently, which is really play quick game, control, possession football, I think they'll be fine. It's just about getting the ball to the playmakers. And looking at the stats coming into this game, next-gen stats says that since week 11, Andy Dalton has been killing it with the quick game. Amari Cooper has been torching people with slants. And then Michael Gallup winning backside on one-on-one isolation routes. If they just do what they do, they're going to be fine. This is a game where they just don't need to turn it over. They don't turn it over, they win. New York Giants are uh, 10th in points allowed, uh, top 10. Ironically, the Giants allowed the most points they've allowed in a game this season uh, to Dallas in their Week 5 matchup. That was 37 points. Now, one of those was a defensive touchdown by Anthony Brown on a fumble return. What did Dallas do that gave New York Giants fits, I guess? I don't know if you'd even call it fits, but how were they successful against this Giants defense to the point where they got more points than most teams get? Um, And do you think they can replicate that without having Dak Prescott? You know, it was really a crazy game, right? Because the Giants hadn't scored many points going in, and then they go up and down the field with ease. Um, And so it kind of changed the tenor of the game. The Cowboys had to change the way they attack. You saw a little more up-tempo. They were chasing points. And so they were able to kind of put the Giants on the heels with the rhythm of their offense. I think this is a game where if you want to play that style, you can do it. I just think this has to be a collective and collaborative effort with Mike Nolan, Kellen Moore, and Mike McCarthy on the same page in terms of how this game needs to be played. If Mike Nolan feels like he can control the Giants offense, then it doesn't need to be a high risk, high reward game for the offense. If it gets out of hand and Mike Nolan can't control their offense, then Kellen Moore has to be a little more aggressive and assertive. I think really, a conservative game plan where you run it, you feed Zeke, you throw it to the playmakers on controlled routes, and you just kind of let those guys work, and then you have to cash it in in the red zone, I think that's more than enough to win. I think the magic number for the Cowboys going in this week has to be 24. If they score 24 points, that should be more than enough points to beat the New York Giants. You know, we, we talked about uh, we talked about so many different elements that the Cowboys offense currently has, and we saw them enjoy all of them last week. 
And but I still feel that sometimes when a, a defense is able to take away one element, one of their elements, sometimes I feel that they just kind of panic a little bit and don't really know how to adjust and figure it out. I mean, if this is a game that where that happens, could that be the case where the Cowboys, where Kellen Moore doesn't really find the right way to adjust? Or maybe given the fact that they have been enjoying it for three weeks in a row, maybe they still find the power and energy to figure out whichever way. You know, it's interesting, Ann, because you bring this up, and I, and I think everyone has to realize the games are not only big for players, but they're big for coaches. And this would be the biggest game that Kellen Moore has coached in just because of the implications that are on the line. And so this may be a game where Mike McCarthy may need to have a stronger influence on how Kellen Moore calls the game just to make sure that he doesn't deviate from the game plan if the score appears to get out of whack early. And so I think this is one where you want to make sure that Ezekiel Elliott is heavily in the game plan. And I think this is one where we talk about think players, not plays. Is really as simple as playing a video game. I have better players. Let me get the ball to the better players, and they're going to make the plays needed to win. So that means Ezekiel Elliott needs to touch it. Amari Cooper needs to touch it. CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup need to get their touches. And then Tony Pollard has to get in there. And however you distribute that, it just has to be about get the ball to the best players and let those guys go to work. Uh, Bucky, last few weeks, Derek and I have kind of both been on board with this, thinking that that – that Terrence Steele has surpassed Brandon Knight maybe at the tackle position. La- yesterday, I believe you said if Zach were to come mm-hmm. back, you would put play him for Terrence Steele. Do you feel like that Steele is, is, is the weaker link when it comes to the tackle position um, or, or Brandon Knight, or is it both? No, I, mean, I mean, I think they're both susceptible to getting got uh, against high-end pass rushes. <laughs> I think I worry a little more about Terrence Steele just because – Maybe I've seen it. Maybe they just flash more. Maybe it just stands out more when he gets beat at the line of scrimmage. I just am like, oh, my gosh. So I think both guys need to be protected. And I think it's really important that the play caller always understands exactly what he has in front of Andy Dalton. It's easy to get seduced into thinking, hey, we have everything solved. Andy just threw for 377 yards. We're good. So now I can open it up a little more. I think they always have to be mindful of who is the personnel on the front line. The reason why the offensive line has played well of late is because they have played a certain style. It's running the ball, quick rhythm passes with occasional shots. They don't need to change up. They don't need to do anything differently. If they just kind of continue to play the way that they played, they should be successful against the Giants. Kind of going off that, Buck, you you mentioned it at the top, is the defensive line and they play with strength. Obviously, the Giants have been famous for their defensive line for a long time. I know these names. Like, I know Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson, and Dexter Lawrence because they were all big draft picks. But I, I don't feel like I have a good read on, on who they are as players and what, what they do as a front that makes them scary. Just, I mean, can you give us a more detailed thumbnail of, of what this looks like and how they win? Yeah, I, I can tell you, like, they are different because they have three big bodies up front, and they just kind of let those guys eat. They don't necessarily overdo it when it comes to their pressure packages. They will do a lot of twists in games where they'll exchange gaps where the nose tackler go outside, the end will come inside, and they'll do some of those things. But really, they're bigger than most people, and so they just kind of throw you around. I think if you go all the way back to those old classic Bill Parcells teams where they had big guys up front, that's what the Giants want to do. Um, 
it has always been a philosophy of their organization. We're called the Giants because we feature big people. We want big people, and we want to beat you up. And so Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams and those guys, they just wear you down with those body blows over the course of the game. They'll sprinkle in an occasional blitz or whatever, but they believe that their guys up front can whoop your guys just on their sheer strength, power, and explosiveness. Do they, are they uh, capable and, and kind of aligned to be able to take care of the weakness, as you called it, those two tackles? Are they Is that what they do, or is their pressure typically more in the middle of their defensive line? Yeah, they're more in, in, in the middle of the front line. They, they would do some games, and they'll try and mix in some things, and they'll try and bring some like slot corner pressures and things to create one-on-one matchups. But typically, when they're getting sacks, the sacks are happening inside the tackle box, not on the edges. What they're lacking is that one high-end outside pass rusher that can get it done. Leonard Williams has been terrific, but that's not necessarily his thing to win with speed, quickness, off the edge. They just kind of do it off of games and, and, and tactics and schemes with big bodies executing it really well, as opposed to, A, I have Superman off the edge. He is going to leap tall buildings in a single bound and, and overwhelm the tackle. So it shouldn't be that kind of problem. It's just one that you have to be mindful of, and you have to be mindful protection-wise of, A, they're going to do a lot of pre-snap disguises. Who is really coming? Are they bluffing? Are they really coming after us? Or are they just kind of trying to mess with our protections to create one-on-one matchups? All right, let's uh, real quick, we got to get two predictions from you this week. We need to know, first, what's going to happen in the Dallas versus New York Giant game, and then second, obviously the game that is just as important, Washington versus Philly. What do you think happens in both games? Okay, this is difficult because my dad is going to be mad at me because my dad coached Dexter Lawrence in high school. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys <laughs> winning. And I'm, and I'm going to say that they're going to win because they're not, going to take, they're not going to turn the ball over. They're going to play a very conservative style, and that's going to enable them to win because the Giants will turn it over, and they don't have the creativity that I think offensively to really challenge them. We'll see if it changes on game day, but I think the Cowboys get it done. In the Philadelphia-Washington game, I think it's really important that Philly has talked about the no-hat rule. Jim Schwartz has said, we don't want anyone getting the hat and the T-shirt on our field. And they removed Dwayne Haskins, and we don't know what's going to happen with Alex Smith. And I know people got excited about Taylor Hackey coming in and throwing the ball all over the yard. That is the easiest time for a quarterback to come in when no one knows who he is and there's no pressure because they were down by so much. I don't believe that he is going to be good enough to consistently drive the football down the field with that team. I think Philadelphia wins, and I think the Cowboys win. I think the Cowboys go into the playoffs. Are you hearing wow. anything about Alex Smith at this Let's point? Go. He is I mean, practicing they, right now. Yeah. yeah, they say he's practicing and those things, but, man, I, I just think it would be kind of iffy for him to hold up the entire game based upon just how he went out that last game. Even if he plays, he's not going to be at full strength, and so they'll be very limited in terms of what they can do. And to be honest, even when he was playing, their offense wasn't explosive outside of the Thanksgiving Day game. Yeah. My question is really about Terry McLaurin as well, because without him, I don't think it, like they just don't have the firepower in, the, in their receiving threats to even take advantage of anything that Alex Smith could do. No, they, they don't have. Terry McLaurin is, is iffy in terms of will he play. Antonio Gibson hasn't been the same because he had, I think, a, a turf toe injury or something yeah. like that limiting him. So they really don't have a lot of explosive weapons on the outside. And then defensively, they're good up front, but they also can 
get gotten. So so we'll see. I think that game will be a very, very tight game, which is going to drive me crazy because it's the last game of the evening. But <laughs> right. we'll see how it works. All right, man. Hey, we wish you a very, very happy new year, man. We appreciate all you've done for this show throughout this season. Hopefully next week we'll be having you back talking some special – I mean, talking some uh, playoff football. But we'll see how that goes this weekend. Uh, we're going to take our final break. When we come back from that break, I have some questions for these guys about the matchups uh, between – this matchup between the Cowboys and the Giants. We'll also talk a little New Year's resolutions. We'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay, let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes. Which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision. Essential Blue for protection. And Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. The Pro Shop has a huge selection of jerseys, cold weather gear, after Christmas deals, playoff yeah. playoff stuff, maybe? Let's go. Up to 50% off for every fan. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or shopdallascowboys.com for your new gear today. Get stuff like the sweatshirt Derek's wearing or the cap Amber's wearing or the... That's it. I don't think they have Hawaii sweatshirts over there, but I was looking to see what... (laughs) No. Yeah. You know, I meant to wear... I meant to wear. I got a really nice. Uh, I got a 1960 like vintage hoodie as a gift. It was really nice. I meant to wear it on the show, but I forgot. But is that it's really the one? dope. It's got like the old helmet logo. Yeah, is that the one you've worn before? I think you've worn another one before. I actually liked. I thought that was. Oh is that no, the one you're that's about? actually. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's one that I got for myself. That's uh, it's a Tommy Hilfiger. Yeah, that deal. was sweet. Like, yeah. I guess we have a thing with. Yeah, I like it a lot. So. Yeah, there's all kinds of dope cowboy stuff, even though I'm not wearing it right now. Yeah, well, I but guess. Go University Rainbow of Warriors. Yeah, okay. All right, let's jump back yeah. in. We're in the second, uh, final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the start. We are presented by Geico. And I have a series of questions here for you guys about this Cowboys versus Giants matchup. Let's start first. 
Evan Ingram, Ingram leads the New York Giants in receptions. Darius Slayton leads them in receiving yards. Uh, Gallman has, has been good at times this season, and Dallas has struggled stopping the run. So all that being considered, who do you think is the most dangerous offensive threat for the New York Giants? Let's start first with you, Nick. Ooh, it's hard to lose to a team like that. I mean, if those are your three best players, <laughs> I mean, best you, just, you better not lose to them. But, I mean, the defense is, you know, they make they make average players into really good players. So, uh, I would say it just seems like the tight end would be the one that, that just keeps getting the drive moved, you know, just move this change. And uh, I think they can figure out the running game. But I just it would be Ingram, I, I think, would be the one that would kind of, you know, because he's – matchup would be against a safety they don't have any linebackers they don't have any cover linebackers so Ingram all right Amber well um I know that you cannot always rely on the weather channel but (laughs) if the weather is right I am concerned about it so I would assume that if it is rainy Raining and windy and out. I don't mean to be Mickey right now, but to say. It, it is how I feel <laughs> at this moment. <laughs> um, no, I think that that because of the weather, they might limit the passing game a little bit more and just have to rely more on the running game. And honestly, I don't quite trust the Cowboys just yet with them trying to stop the running game, and that's something that they've struggled with all year. I mean, even in past years, so. I think that that could get away from them in this game. So I would have to say my biggest concern might be the running game. Dave. You know, like two or three times a year, the Cowboys play a quarterback and Nick's just like, you can tell me whatever you want. That guy sucks. I don't care. I don't care. That's just how, that's just what I think. That's how I feel about Evan Ingram. I'm just like, Tight ends typically do well against the Cowboys. Like he's going to the Pro Bowl for some reason. I don't care. I don't. He doesn't. He doesn't scare me. And I just I looked up his stats before the show. Like in in his years in New York, he's had like one really great game against the Cowboys, and it was last year. You know when it was all garbage time because the Cowboys were up big anyway in the season opener. Like he he doesn't have this crazy history of hurting them. So maybe it's famous last words. I'm not impressed by Evan Ingram. Um, Darius Slayton, I I do think he's a pretty damn good player though. Um, and you know this team has had problems in coverage over the over the season, and you know not not thrilled to see that Cheeto's got another hamstring groin situation going on. So uh, I won't be surprised if he hits them outside for some big gains. You know you're right, Dave. And the quarterback this year that that I thought about that they beat the Cowboys like 25 to three. It was Kyle Allen. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and I've thought that you never before. Know. Yeah. Oh, I I can't wait. I can't wait for our group text on Sunday if Evan Ingram has like eight catches for 120 yards <laughs> I was or something. The same That'll thing. be great. Yeah. You know, we were talking about Evan Ingram making the Pro Bowl. And after the game the other day, I was talking with Dalton Schultz and the interview was over. And I asked him a little bit about the Pro Bowl. Should have seen the look he gave me when I said about Evan Ingram making the Pro Bowl. He was mm. just—I mean, was it salty? Like very salty. I, I mean, like that, that yes, I he, like it. He was just kind of like <laughs> he had—he had this like double. He has take. not he had like, a good season. He was like what? Yeah. And then we both kind of agreed that the guy from Green Bay probably should have made it. He's only got what ten or eleven touchdowns. Yeah, but uh, yeah, now nah, he didn't really—he didn't really think that Evan Ingram 
should make the Pro Bowl over him. Yeah, I'm trying to look up his stats. I was literally trying to do that right now, it's, and I, it's it, like like right, very he has close like to a, Schultz. A little, yeah, a little like a hundred more yards oh. than Schultz. I want to say, mm. and he's got like one. Not only that, I think one touchdown. No, no, no. Schultz has more touchdowns. Yeah, than, yeah. Hawkinson By has good numbers for the, the Lions. The dude doesn't catch well. He's got 61 catches on 105 targets. Like yeah. that doesn't seem very good to me. And no. I, when I'm trying, like I rack, I rack my brain to think of his biggest play. It was a drop against yeah. the Eagles that would have let them clinch that game. Yeah, that was huge. Uh, yeah. So if you yeah. have him in fantasy, no, no, you're, I did. You're not. Me too. You're not putting him in the Pro Bowl. No. No, I mean, it, not and this is that. you know, this was the year to sneak into the Pro Bowl for tight end because Kittle it will probably yeah, be there every year. MC, yeah. Ertz, I don't know what. I guess he's is he done maybe. Ertz? He has not been the he same not be the last the couple anymore. years actually. Yeah, but uh, you know, it, and you know Jarwin. I mean, he'll make it every year once he gets back. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He'll yeah. you know, be split. Hell yeah, he will. Isn't that a lot of with like? Um, Name recognition type of stuff. I mean, if he has yeah. tight end position, just anyone, and not to be rude with with Dalton Schultz because I think he has done a really nice job this year, especially me who was trying to cut him <laughs> earlier this year. But at the end of the day, I mean, you asked about the tight end position just around the league. I mean, Dalton Schultz is not a name that's going to no. be popping in no. anyone's head, is it? No, yeah. no, so it's not. I think I mean, that's just more name recognition. That's part of it, but I mean, part of this is also players voting, and and I don't I don't know that, you know, it's interesting. I think players might look at it. That might be part of the reason why a guy like Evan Ingram Ingram gets in is because if you're playing them, you pay attention to him because yeah. you know he has athletic ability. He just, it's just not translating on the field for whatever reason into well, just great production. You said he leads the team in what catches? Catches, yeah. I mean, what is Schultz ranked for the Cowboys? Fifth. Fifth, yeah. I mean, there it is, right there. Right, I mean, he should be. He should be by far the best receiving option you would think with the New York Giants, Evan yeah. Ingram. And I don't. Obviously, the production isn't that. Well, they've said it best. I mean, they they try. You know, it just he's yeah. he's not not that reliable. He's an athletic dude, though. Yeah, I mean, he, no he, doubt. He definitely can. All right. Plays. Next question for you guys is about the Cowboys' defense. Sean Lee and Joe Thomas split reps in place of Leighton Vander Esch in last week's game. Uh, tell me how they performed, and was there a noticeable difference for you uh, from what you would have seen over the last several games when Leighton was there? Let's start first with you, Amber. Um, man, I I think they did a nice job. Joe Thomas has been a pretty solid guy just overall in general playing uh, at the linebacker position. And I think that Sean Lee, honestly, that was the game where he showed up the most this year. And I know his playing time has been pretty limited, but he has still received a lot of criticism from fans and just saying, man, this guy just simply doesn't have it anymore uh, physically. He doesn't have the, the power, the run, the, the you know the energy there. But I think this was a game that he showed up once again, showing what he can do and that he still has that power. So it impressed me. And you guys know by now I'm a big fan of Sean Lee. I absolutely love him. So. I will always support him, even if he plays bad. So he can he can do no wrong in my eyes. But no, just in general, I think <laughs> shake it all you want, Dave. I didn't say he anything. is the best. He is the best. Um, no, but I, I thought that overall they they did pretty nice. And honestly, it wasn't a game that I was like, man, they really miss Layton. It, it just it it wasn't, and I think they handled it pretty well. Dave. 
I just want to, I'm not shaking my head because I like dislike Sean Lee. I love Sean Lee. He's a great guy. Uh, I just, Amber's rules for like who needs to get cut and who can do no wrong are just, they're my favorite. He's the only exception. Oh, okay. All right. Um, no, I, I, I can't say enough about how w- w- good of a job I thought they did particularly keeping Jalen Hurts from changing that game with his feet. He had 23 rushing yards on the opening drive of the game, and he finished with 58. So do the math on you know what he was averaging over the other nine or so series of that game. Um, and some of that's, you know, C.J. Goodwin gets some credit for that as well. We've talked a lot about that this week. But just in general, having the wherewithal to keep that from happening, I think we talked yesterday that maybe Philly went away from the run a little bit earlier than they needed to. So that's probably part of it as well. But I, I thought they did a really good job, and, and it, it gives me some confidence that they can limit what the Giants are going to try to do. Yeah, I thought, I thought you know, Sean Lee, apparently after the 14 – I mean, after they got down 14-3, to three, he kind of got after him there mm-hmm. on the sideline uh, and, and, and calmed him down. So, you know, um, I think your linebackers coach is here next year. He's in the building. I don't know if he's the coach that's already there or he's a player <laughs> or what, but I think he's already – he's in the building yeah. for sure. I think he just needs to be a coach on the staff whenever he decides to be done yeah. playing because I think that he, he can – I think he loves football so much that I think he would do a good, really good job. Um, and But I think, you know, he's still, he's still got some left. I mean, he, if he's splitting time, I mean, he obviously he's not there to do it the, the entire time. But, yeah, they, 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 they were able to stop Philly from doing what they wanted to do, and they turned him into one-dimensional. All right, let's go ahead and jump. I want to jump because I want to make sure we have time for this question. It is a bigger picture question. It's obviously New Year's Eve. We are getting out of 2020, thank God, heading toward 2021. Let's hope 2021 is a better year. But that all being said, if you are, I want you to put yourself in the place of the team as a whole, uh, of a particular player, of a particular coach, maybe of a front office person. If you want to be Jerry Jones, that's fine too. But I want you to take the role of someone in this organization and tell me what your New Year's resolution needs to be in order to advance this team beyond where they are right now. I want to start first with you, Dave. Spend some money. How about that? Are you Jerry? Which, like That's the opposite of what... I'm everybody with the last name Jones Got who it. has power over football decisions. Um, that's like the opposite of what my New Year's resolution needs to be. Like I need to, I need to save. <laughs> well, maybe they work together. Maybe that means they give you more money too, right? That would be wonderful. I didn't even <laughs> ask for that, but thank you. Um, I, it goes across the board, and I feel, I feel bad because they're going to come back and tell me that the timing couldn't be worse because the salary cap's not going to grow. They they're going to have to figure some things out, but. Sign your quarterback, please. Like forever, like not just so we don't have to talk about it anymore, but but because it's in the best long-term interest of your team. Assuming, assuming he recovers healthy and everything is fine with his ankle, I really there's only about three quarterbacks in the league that I think you can definitively say you'd feel better giving a deal to than Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he deserves it. You give yourself clarity. It helps your cap situation in the long run, by the way. And then, like I said, I, I know this isn't going to be easy, but the the bargain hunting and free agency is I just it's not going to be enough to do what you want. Like you cannot you cannot address every hole in a fifty three man roster through the draft. And they've tried their damnedest to do it, and it hasn't worked yet. 
And I don't think it's going to uh, just because that's the nature of the NFL. We talk about it all the time. Like every show me a Super Bowl team and I can show you something aggressive they did in the offseason to acquire some talent that they didn't have. That doesn't mean you have to spend $100 million on outside contracts like the Giants did a few years ago. But you got to look you got to look for better players than just the the bargain bin. And I don't I don't really think they're going to do that in 2021, to be honest with you. But I think they need to. So. I'm I'm still going to say it even if I don't expect it to happen. All right, Nick. I think uh, to kind of piggyback with that. I mean, I think this team needs to be they need to, to reevaluate how they evaluate the safety position. I just think you know they they've been getting by with it and they really haven't gotten by. I mean, they 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 try to to just say, well, it's not a really big need. But I think we're seeing that, that you can have a catalytic player that makes plays on the ball in Donovan Wilson, and that was a sixth-round pick. Pair him up with someone better. Um, look at the six guys that made the Pro Bowl. Five of them are on playoff teams. The other one is Justin Simmons from the Broncos. He's a third-round pick, and you know he, he did a nice job. I mean, he's not a high pick or anything, but, um, but they haven't drafted anything higher than, than this first or second round for a safety since Roy Williams, I believe, mm-hmm. at safety. So... I think I think whether it be the draft or in free agency or, or even both, I think they you know they need to reevaluate how they they look at that position. All right, Amber. I think I would go into this new year uh, with the mentality of like we are fighting for the present, we are fighting for the now, the today. This is happening this year. Uh, and, and with that being said. And to be fair, I'm pretty sure that's their goal every year. You know, I don't think that they go into like, oh, well, we're looking for the next year, two years from now or anything like that. But I have seen it happen in the draft where and although they have many, many necessities and positions, uh, positions of need, I still see it happen sometimes where it's not necessarily a big, the biggest position of need, but they'll go ahead and draft a player because of the talent. And to me, I don't want to see that happening. I want them to go ahead and address the actual biggest position of need and bring in talent there to fight for next year, for this upcoming year. Also, I don't have the patience to give someone another year ago for their job and like, oh, let's see how they perform this next year because, you know, this year, the pandemic and all that. I get it. And I'm not, I don't mean to be harsh or anything like that. And I don't want anyone to lose their job, but I need a change on defense and y'all can pick and choose who that change <laughs> is gonna be but it needs to happen and, and I don't have time to keep waiting another year or see how they progress in the preseason and then the season or any of that so I think that that that's my new year's resolution would be for them it's just okay let's really figure out exactly what we need to do for for the present for 2021 and and 2021 only, not 2022 or 23. So that is refocus on this next year. Yeah, there seems to be a theme across the board here. Uh, maybe not as much Nick, but certainly the other two. Uh, the theme is get aggressive. Like, let's be aggressive. Let's almost, almost like, as Amber's saying it, basically push all the chips into the table and say, look, we feel like we got a good enough team that if we fit, fix these problems and we're aggressive about fixing these problems, we got a shot, and I would love for at least one year for the Cowboys to take that approach. Like, hey, we got a good core, and I do. I think they have a good core. We got a good core. Let's go all in, and let's just really, really go all in. Let's go out and, and then whatever do whatever we can do within our power. Now, everything can't be done, 
But whatever you can do within your power, staying within the salary cap, do whatever you can do to say we're going all it's in this be, year and let's see what happens. It's got to be next year then. Right, yeah. Because look at the contracts. Look at the contracts you want to get out of at some point. Look at your three worst contracts. What are they, Dave? The three worst contracts that they have. Not the three worst players. Yeah. Three worst contracts. Uh, Jalen and Zeke for sure. Yeah. And then after them. I mean, probably D Law. Uh, right? I, I still don't think D Law's contract is bad. I, My, I personally don't. I'm not, I'm not I don't a bad have a problem with contract. Yeah, I don't have a problem with his contract. Well, I bet some people do. At 21 million a year do. for five sacks, I, I bet they do. I'm not yeah. saying, I mean, he, he, he brings value. But I don't think his contract is that great. Either way, we can argue that all day. Those three contracts right there, at some point, you Dak's might want to you want, you get, huh? Dak's contract is bad. They need to get him on a long-term yeah, deal. Yeah, that's fair. That's a bad contract. Fair. So, but but I'm just saying, you know, if you're going to get rid of those contracts, at some point, you might have to get rid of those players. So, the time is 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 now. I mean, you got to use Zeke next year. D-Law yeah. next year. Jalen next year. Go all in. Mm-hmm. And let's so, see what happens, yeah. All right, real quick, before we end the show, we do need to get picks. And I want to get two picks from each one of you guys. Tell me what's going to happen in Cowboys versus Giants and tell me what's going to happen Washington versus Philly. Let's start first with you, Amber. I think that uh, Dallas can definitely do enough to manage a win against uh, New York. I think they can win that game. And then uh, as far as the Washington game against Philly, I know the quarterback situation. I know all that, but... Based on what I saw from the Eagles, the way they played against the Cowboys and, and self-inflicted errors, so many penalties, I still think that Washington's defense can do enough to help their offense and also, heck, like even themselves, like score points for their own team. Uh, so I think that because of that, Washington wins, and the Cowboys don't make it because of Washington. But. Uh, it could go either way, honestly, but I think that... Stop it, Dave. You've done that all year. (laughs) But I think that the Cowboys win, but they don't make it to the playoffs because Washington wins as well. All right, Dave, you're up. I'm laughing because I completely agree with her. That's... I told told Derek in the third quarter of the Eagles game, I was like, now watch. Like, what's going to happen is they're going to beat the Giants, but Washington's going to beat Philly, and they'll have had this four-game winning streak that doesn't help them get into the playoffs. Um, Yeah, I, I don't trust them. I still don't trust them, but... But, you know, I don't feel like, you know, I keep saying, like, they don't deserve to be picked. I do. Like, they deserve to be picked, especially against a a bad Giants team. I think they're the better team. I think Daniel Jones will give them the ball a few times. Like, they can win that game. But Alex Smith is taking reps today on Wednesday. It is Wednesday, right? No, it's Thursday. I'm sorry. It's Thursday. Thursday. So he's taking reps on Thursday, which is even which is even better for his chances of playing. But he did last week, too, right? Just to be clear. Last week, wasn't he taking reps throughout the week last week? He did. He did a little bit last week. I don't know if he ever got into the full team portions okay. of practice. Um, which I changed my opinion completely if Alex Smith doesn't play, but I think he will play. And having a veteran, you know, he doesn't have to do a lot. He just has to not turn the ball over. I think Washington's front is going to make Jalen Hurts' life miserable. I mean, if, if Dallas's defense can do that to him, I think Washington is going to, you know, he's going to be in for a long day. And I think Washington will win. So. Dallas gets a win, but I, yeah, I'm gonna guess Washington makes the playoffs. All right, Nick. Uh, I see, I see the Cowboys being in control the whole game against the Giants, but it, it won't be, you know, it'll be just their type of season to keep a minute. 
I think they win, though, 21-17, but it'll be one of those late touchdowns by the Giants. You got to recover an onside kick. I mean, whatever. But I think I think they'll win. Um, I think we'll get on the plane, and then we'll be a scramble mode. As soon as we land, everybody, you know, be like, what's the score? What's the score? And mm-hmm. I think the Eagles will win. I just I don't think Washington's very good. I look at their defensive line. They're great. But they struggle. The only time they struggle is when they have athletic quarterbacks that they face. Um, so I think, I think Philadelphia is going to win the game, honestly. And I think the Cowboys will go to the playoffs. Will go into you know in, into the front door of the playoffs. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. You know, I don't think. It, and, and the good thing is, is year. that you wouldn't be sneaking into the playoffs because you won four in a row. You know, you won yeah. four in a row, and. You know, you think about it. If you took a coin right now and you said you, you had to call it heads or tails, you had to do it, win it six times in a row, I mean, that's almost unheard of. And that's what happened. You know, you, when, you, when you're going into the San Francisco game, like, are they going to make the playoffs? Like, well, they got to win the next three games, and Washington has to lose the next three games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And now it's down to two. And I think both of those things seem like they're likely to happen. So I'm going to say that we'll be talking next week and about Tom Brady. All right, we will see. I uh, I actually think the the I agree with y'all that the Cowboys will win. I think it'll be a close, and I think it'll be an ugly game. Seventeen yeah. sixteen, Cowboys get the win, uh, and then the Philly game. I think this is going to be the ugliest of games, and I think at the end of the day, it's going to be just about the fact that Washington's defense is just so much better. I think they win a close, ugly, boring game, six to three. And, okay. and Washington is heading, oh. and Washington is oh. heading to the playoffs after a just oh. sucky game. Uh, and here they are Philly's representing the can't NFC hold East. anybody to six points. I hey, don't know. Real, no, Washington's Derek, offense quick. can hold themselves to six points. I think that's the point. Maybe. Go ahead. Before you sign off, I just I just thought about this. I can't believe we've talked. You know, we've covered this game all week, and we haven't brought it up. Like Mike McCarthy's first season. I know it's not all in his control, but it's kind of funny. You know, Jason Garrett started his career with three winning in uh-huh. NFC East sort of title game situations, and Mike McCarthy's in the same spot with Jason Garrett on the other sideline. That's just um, actually it's very funny. interesting, very very well, interesting. Well, I mean, also you can you can say too is that you know because they had numbers on Jason Garrett like when it was win or go home games. This was his record. Well. That being said, what's McCarthy? I mean, McCarthy's two and zero, right? I mean, guess if that's the way you want to put. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, their backs were against the wall. If they lost, they would be eliminated from the playoffs, and so they've won two. So you know, they could be three and zero, and even not even make the playoffs in winner go home games. games. Yep. So. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us, man. We hope you guys have a very safe and happy new year. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. We'll let you know what went right and wrong for the Cowboys this weekend. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!